Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. This is Thanksgiving week and um, I believe this Thanksgiving is going to be especially important for, for several reasons, but we came out of COVID, pandemic, lockdown, whatever you want to call it, a couple of years ago, and um, I've been doing some reading and some listening, and how many of you know that COVID, the lockdown, not the disease, but the lockdowns have had dramatic effect on everything in our culture? You teachers have seen it probably more than anyone, uh, but we're, we're seeing this in schools, we're seeing this in churches, we're seeing this in families. Uh, there have been a lot of changes in relationships these last couple of years. And, and those lockdowns had a tremendous effect. I'm seeing it in my role as a presbyter. We're seeing pastors struggling in ways we haven't seen in generations. We are, we're having to help more people with counseling than we have in, in generations. This, is, this has been a hard season for all of us. And we're just now starting to see some of the results of this stuff. And so I want to tell you guys, this Thanksgiving holiday with your families is going to be huge. Because how many of you know we need relationships? We need face-to-face relationships. We need family. We need friendships more than, than we've realized. We were, Amy and I uh, we had the opportunity to go down to Springfield to our National World Prayer Center. Uh, they invited all the Nebraska pastors to come down. And so there were about 17 of us, I think, went down to Springfield to this new thing they have called the World Prayer Center. If you ever have a chance, it's incredible. You should go down there. And we spent a day uh, learning about prayer, and then we spent a whole afternoon interceding for, for you guys, uh, for the world and for the state. They've got this interactive floor, and we would stand on our cities on a map. It made you a little dizzy when it moved, but we would stand there, and we would pray for our churches. And, um, but we were coming back, and we were listening to some news, and they were saying the World Health Organization is now calling loneliness a health crisis. Loneliness. Now, how many of you know Jesus knew about this way back? <laughs> he talked to us about health and about relationships and all those things, about loving one another. But they're just now starting to see what's happening with this. So I want to, typically I would share a Thanksgiving message today, but I really feel compelled to, to talk about relationships. We've talked about it several times over the last few years, but I really want to hit on the importance of relationships a little bit this morning. And if you have your Bibles, John chapter 13 is where I want to turn. If you have the YouVersion Bible app on a device, if you go to the little more menu and hit events, the notes are there for you as well and the verses. But I'm going to read from John chapter 13. Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's telling them that he's going to be betrayed, not only betrayed, but betrayed by his very best friend. I want you to think about that. Peter was one of Jesus' closest friends and he's predicting, hey, you're going to turn on me. You're not only going to give me over to the, the authorities, but you're going to destroy our relationship a little bit here. And then verse 34, he says this, So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Now listen to this. Your love for one another will prove to the world that what? You are my disciples. He says the world is going to know that you follow me by the way that you what? Love. By the way that you relate by the way that you treat one another, the world's going to know that you're different. 
And guys, how many of you know the world is watching the church right now? They want to know that we're real. They want to know that there really is something different to us as Christians. And so he didn't say the world's going to know your mind because you know perfect theology. He didn't say the world's going to know your mind by, the, by your a political affiliation or who you vote for. He's not, he didn't say you're gonna, the world's going to know you're my disciples by the Nikes that you wear or any of those things. He said you're going to know that you, you follow me, you belong to me by the way that you live, by the way that you love. And so, you know, the, the pandemic and technology have changed the way that we relate to one another. They've changed technology and, and pandemics. Let's see, pandemics, per, plural, because it seems like there's a new one all the time, right? But they've changed relationships. Guys, check this out. The term friend has changed. You know, when I was a kid, when some of you guys were a kid, what was a friend? Somebody you hung out with, right? You did life together. You, you rode bikes together. You explored together. You did these things. Now a friend is someone that you know online. <laughs> Have you guys ever done this? You're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram, and you're like, I don't even know this person. And then you go back, well, yeah, I'm friends with them on here. I guess I know them. And then you find some tenuous connection through, you know, and you're like, how do I, how do I even get this person on my thing? You know, but, you know, it used to mean that. So now it can be someone that you rarely see. It's an online connection. They say the average American has 328 Facebook friends. Friends. But listen to this. I just I found an article online. And it was through, I think, Barna and some others. It says this. They said a slim majority of adults surveyed, 53%, said they have between one and four close friends. Half of people said they only have one or a few close friends. Actual people they relate to in their everyday life too. Uh, 38% said they had five or more, but about 8% of Americans said they have no close friends. Almost 10% of the people that we run into on a daily basis say they have zero close friends. What does that do? That isolates us, doesn't it? That keeps us from having real relationships. And so they're calling this an epidemic of loneliness. And they said, in this article, this is... um, from top people, they said, this blew me away. I had to go back and read it again. Said this epidemic of loneliness in the United States and lacking connection can increase the risk for premature death to levels comparable to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's from the Surgeon General. They said having zero or very few close friends and not interacting people is as dangerous to your physical health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's insane. But guys... Jesus has the answer to this because he left it 2,000 years ago. It's this, right? Having a church family gives us relationships, gives us connections. Having friends that we do life together with is important. They said that even before the the COVID-19 pandemic, about half of U.S. adults reported experiencing measurable levels of loneliness and they said, if you're lonely, you have a 29% increased risk of heart disease, a 32% increased rate of stroke, and a 50% increased risk of developing dementia. And people are spending less time with each other. They're saying our young people, 15 to 24, they have 70% less social interaction with their friends than they did before. 70%. 
So I know that's a lot of numbers, a lot of statistics, but basically what's happening, guys, is we had this pandemic, right? And it caused all these lockdowns and these changes. And since that, we now have what they're calling an epidemic of loneliness. It's a, this is a public health concern. Guys, the experts are turning to the church to figure out how to do this. And you guys have the answers. You guys know how to relate to one another. And so social media has become a replacement for in-person relationships, and this means lower quality. So a lot of us have a lot of online connectivity, but we don't have any personal connectivity. And so we get used to having these friendships from afar, and we're seeing skyrocketing numbers of people dealing with anxiety, people dealing with depression, because they're just not relating like we used to. Guys, I remember I was telling my kids, you know, when I was a kid, my parents threw me out of the house, like literally out. And when did you come home? When the streetlights came on, right? My mom would always say, I don't want to see you until the lights come on. What about lunch? It's like, figure it out. Like, no, I'm kidding. She would let me come in for lunch, and then she booted me back out. But, I mean, that's what we did, right? We just hung out with people, but we don't have that. And it's, it's, not, it's not really the kids' fault. It's society's changed. We're terrified of letting our kids wander because there's so many weirdos out there grabbing kids. So it's different. It's changed. And so we have to be intentional about this. So society has changed the way we, we define friends. It's also become addicted to immediate affirmation. We've become addicted to immediate affirmation. When we put pictures on Instagram or Facebook, what do they want? They want likes. And researchers are saying that when you get that feedback, you know, oh, I love your shoes, your hair looks so good, you know, all these things, right? And it, they say it's actually a dopamine release. It's almost like a drug hit. And we become literally addicted to it. That's why you see some people's feeds and it's just selfie, 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 right? Because they want that feedback. We become addicted to that, right? And it meets a short-term need, but it defers a longer-term, deeper need. It's called, they have a name for it. It's called deferred loneliness. Deferred loneliness. We're lonely and we're trying to get that met through this instant gratification online. And society now has the power to do friendship on its own terms. I found a quote and I can't remember who said it. But it said, we're living for likes, but we're longing for love. We're living for likes, but we're longing for love. And so society's changed now. We do friendship on its own terms. What do you do if somebody irritates you? You unfriend them. You unfollow them. You bash them on Facebook. You, you know, and, and people just try destroying each other online now. You know, when some of us were kids, what would you do if you had a fight with somebody? You met in the parking lot. You fought, and then you were friends again, right? You broke their nose, and then you were friends, right? You would come home with bruises and black eyes. Like, who did that? Oh, that's my best friend. But it worked. But we don't do that anymore. And so, guys, and I'm not advocating, don't go beat somebody up or don't try. But we were doing things on our own terms. We don't have to learn how to relate to people anymore. Working from home is becoming kind of a new normal now, right? You can have meetings in your pajamas. You can, you know, and so you don't have to deal with people. You don't have to deal with annoying coworkers anymore. You used to have to learn how to interact, and we don't anymore. So, guys, I know all this. What, what does this have to do with church? Guys, we need connections. We need people. Young people are saying that the more they use social media, the more they crave personal interactions. One student in one of these articles said, I feel more connected than ever, but I feel more alone. We're more connected, but we're more alone. So 
You know, this is something that, that we try to do as a church. We have groups, right? We have the not-so-young adults, the young adults. Uh, we have all these things. We have women's Bible study. We have men's Bible studies. Why? Do we need to study the Bible more? Yeah. But we also need connection. We need to be with one another. And guys, this is one of the reasons that we started these in-home life groups this year. Because it's so important to have people that you do life with together. Besides just your spouse. They're important. But you need connection. We need people that, that we can say, hey, would you pray for me? I'm dealing with this. I need, I need help with this. We need these. So how do we move from shallow to, to real relationships? Well, in Hebrews chapter 10, the writer talks about this exact thing in verse 24. is let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We need to be intentional about having Christian relationships that push us, that mo- motivate us, that move us. And we have to first, we have to rediscover the power of presence. How many of you know we're going to be celebrating Christmas here in a few weeks? Can you believe that? A few weeks? But what do we celebrate at Christmas? What do we call it? The Advent. God loved us from heaven, but how did he show that love? He came physically to earth as a baby to show us how to live life. And Jesus modeled this. He had a group of friends. He had a, you know, you call it a posse or a group that he he ran with, right? Jesus hung out with people intentionally, and he had huge crowds that followed him, but who did he spend his time with? With 12. And then even more than that, he had a close group of three that he hung out with. Jesus modeled this for us, and we need the power presence. We need to love people. I love this. Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 9, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong, but hold tight to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring one another. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. And here's how you do it. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Paul said we have to be willing to love one another and really be there with them. And so we say, well, I got my family. Yeah, that's important. But you also need more than that. Your spouse can't meet all your needs. Your kids can't meet all your needs. You can't meet all your kids' needs. You need people in your life. So we need to be intentional. And so I want to encourage you guys, if, if you're not involved in a, in a Bible study or a life group, get involved. And I know it's awkward the first time to walk in, but, man, get, get plugged in. It's important. It's very important to have people that you can talk to, people that you can pray with. You can have people pray for you. And so we need that. And there's different levels of presence. You know, you can send a text saying, hey, I'm praying for you, right? A text is good, but you can actually call. These things, they work as communication devices. You can call people. And it's weird. Like, we're almost getting to a point now where we don't know how to talk on the phone anymore. It's funny. There are some of the younger generations, they said they have to give them a script. Like, if they have to make phone calls, here's how you do this. Like, literally walk through these steps because they... We're so used to texting anymore or messaging, right? So, and then you can actually show up and have coffee together, have a drink in a restaurant together. You know, go get sodas, go get coffee, go get hot chocolate, go get cookies together, have lunch, have meals. Simply be present. I love in the book of Job, in the Old Testament, 
if you don't know the story, there was a man named Job, and he was a, a good, upright man. He had a great family, and then he lost literally everything in his life. Um, wind came and knocked down a house and killed a bunch of his kids. Raiders came and stole his sheep and cattle and his livelihood, and the only thing he had left was his wife, and she wasn't a great person, it turns out. And so he was there, and so some of his friends came, and in Job chapter 2, verse 11, and so when three of Job's friends heard the tragedy he had suffered, they got together and they traveled from their homes to comfort and console him. Their, their names were these names. I'm not going to try to pronounce them. They saw Job from a distance, and they scarcely recognized him because he had blisters and boils. His, his physical body had been attacked. And then they scarcely recognized him. Wailing loudly, they tore their robes and threw dust in the air over their heads to show their grief. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and nights. Listen to this. No one said a word to Job, for they saw that his suffering was too great for words. What did Job's friends do? They were present. They just came. And guys, we all have struggles. We all have hard times. We need people in our lives who will be these guys. Now, later in the story, they get worse, and they say a bunch of stupid stuff. But at this point, they were just with him, and we need people who can just be present. And you people need you to be present. So we need relationships. We need people in our lives. We can do this. It's, it's important. We can love from a distance, but we can love more in person and, and be present. And, you know, it's kind of fun. I love old TV shows, and um, I don't know if you've ever watched any of those old classics. But you know what people used to do back in the day before all the TV and media? They would sit. There was this art of porch sitting. And, you know, houses back in the day, what was the, one of the prominent features? Front porch. Right? Nowadays, there's no front porch. You know, everything's in. We, we want to be inside. But, you know, back in the day, they had a front porch, and they would just sit. And I am horrible at this. I have ADD so bad. Like, I cannot just sit. I twitch. You know, Amy's like, stop moving. I'm horrible at this. But some people are great at it. And they can just sit. They don't talk. They just sit. And sometimes they'll share a story, and they'll rock in a chair, you know, and just sit. And, and we've lost that art, Right? We've kind of lost that ability to just, just sit. Um, and so it's important to, to learn how to, to do those things. And then lastly, we, we have to be engaged with those around us. I found a great picture, and I, I didn't download it because I think it was copyrighted, but it said that it showed Bigfoot walking behind a crowd. And it said there's a reason there's no more Bigfoot sightings anymore, and they were all doing this. And Bigfoot is literally walking right past them. Um, and he was just kind of like, so we have to be engaged. We need to be engaged with people around us and be emotionally and mentally engaged, not just physically. First Peter chapter 4, Peter says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers over a multitude of sins. Um, and, and guys, we see people together. They're together, but they're alone, right? You can be alone in a group. Because we see this. If you go to a restaurant, what do you see? People are sitting, but what are they doing? They're staring at their phones. They're not actually together. We see this in groups. And, and I'm, <laughs> I'm horrible. If we go to a restaurant that has TVs on the walls like Buffalo Wild Wings, I go into situ, uh, sensory overload, Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm just, there are so many games to watch all at the same time. I don't know how, and Amy's like, here, here, talk to me. And I'm just kind of, you know, it's... <laughs> like a dog, you know, like, huh, squirrel, 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 you know, it's so, you have to, you, we need to be engaged, we need to be engaged with one another, talk with one another, 
Um, and so, you know, your little kids like, dad, mom, dad, dad, mom, you know, trying to get their attention. Um, so we need, to, we need to be present with people. Uh, and there's this new thing. It's actually in the Urban Dictionary now, FOMO. You know what FOMO means? Fear of missing out. We live with this fear of missing out on stuff. And so we're not present with one another because we're afraid we're going to miss something. So be, be present. And many of us are missing out. And so, so how do we do this? How do we stay engaged? Well, you know one of the things you can do when you sit down to dinner with your family is sit down and have dinner together. This is a lost art. And this is something we need to regain in our families is, is actually sit down and eat together. You know, we, we visit people sometimes. They don't even have a table because they said we just kind of all eat separate. You know, we take our food and we go. Uh, you know, sit down and, and have time together and put down the phones and, and engage with one another. If you're out with your friends, do that. Say, hey, let's, you know, I've even seen people, they'll, they'll put their phones down. They say the first one that touches their phone has to buy dinner for everybody else. And it works. You know, it's like, oh, is it worth it? And so, you know, be together. And, and please understand, I'm not condemning you at all. I'm not, I'm not trying to throw out condemnation. I'm, I'm trying to give ideas. Because we need to have this connection again. It's so important that we're together. Um, so, you know, meet in person when possible. <clears throat> and, and really listen. And one of the things that we heard when we were at this National Prayer Center is they were talking about relationships. And they are saying, because of the way relationships have changed and because of the way media has changed, it's really easy for us to carry an offense and never talk about it because we're not together like we used to be. So we need to make sure that we're, we're loving one another and we have those real relationships and we're connected with one another. Like Peter said, you know, love covers over a multitude of sins and we need to make fellowship a priority. Make fellowship a priority. Uh, the early church was persecuted from the outside, and so they had this incredible connection. And you see all throughout the book of Acts, they met together regularly, the early church. And it said that there were no needs among them because they were so connected with one another that they helped meet needs together when there were things going on. And so you need to make sure that we make fellowship a priority again. Make, make room on our calendars. And guys, I know, man, believe me, I know, it's crazy how many things we have going on. Especially those of you with kids in multiple grades, I mean, it's just like, oh, sport here, sport here, you know, event. But we need to make sure that we're making church fellowship a priority. We're making room in our calendars for these things because if we don't, everything else is going to fill up. If we don't set our priorities, the world will set them for us. So we need to make sure that we're making those things a, a priority, making those things a, a connection. And so we need these relationships. I'm going to ask the worship team if they would come this morning. If you're able, would you stand with us this morning? <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, we are so thankful today that you came to this earth and showed us how to love. And Lord, we're so thankful that you are present with us in the good and in the difficult, Lord, you're with us. And you've challenged us to be present with one another. You've challenged us to, to be present with people in your family so we can encourage one another. We can build one another up. We can share struggles with one another. And I know you, you created us to be in community. and We're seeing the result of that isolation. And so I just pray that you would just speak to each and every one of us today. Lord, help us to remember that you're always near with us and, and we can carry your presence to those around us. 
So Lord, I pray for, for those that are going to be getting together with family members this Thanksgiving holiday. I know I pray for those who, who don't have anywhere to go. Lord, provide for them. Be present with them in a special way. And Lord, I pray for those who will have connections. I know there are some that are going to be strained. And I just pray you would help repair those things. God, I pray for those who are isolated. Lord, help them to find connections. More than anything, Lord, help us to be connected with you. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm just going to ask you to just take a, take a hard look at yourself this morning. And if you're saying, you know, Pastor Rex, if I was to be really honest, I really don't have a relationship with Christ like you're talking about. I don't have that, that relationship with him that would help me not to be far from him. But I want to make that change today. I want to, I want to be connected with Jesus this morning. I want to make him the center of my life. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you're at? We want to pray with you this morning. here this morning say, you know, as you've been talking, I realize that, that I'm kind of isolated. I need, to, I need to be proactive in making connections with other Christians. If that you would just slip your hand up right where we're at. We just want to pray with you this morning. Yeah, absolutely. If you're here this morning say, you know, I'm, <laughs> I've got the holidays coming up and I, I need to have some honest conversations with some people. I need to get some relationships fixed, and I just really need God's help to do that. If that's you, would you slip your hand? We want to pray with you as well. Yeah. So, Lord, I pray for all those that just indicated the need for help with the relationships. Lord, I pray for those who are isolated this morning, who realize that they need connections with other Christians. They need connections with the body of Christ. Lord, help them to find ways to do that today. I pray you would help us to get plugged in with others that we can do life with to be encouraged and to be an encouragement to others. Lord, I pray for those who have some strained relationships and they just need to make some things right over these next couple weeks. God, I pray for the grace to do those things. God, I pray for forgiveness, for reconciliation. Lord, I pray you'd help us to make those connections a priority because we know you called us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. And we're gonna close out with a song here. If you're here this morning and say, you know, Pastor, I just need prayer. I got a situation going on. I just love to have someone pray for me. Uh, you can find your way up to the front. Someone will meet you here and pray with you this morning.